Well, good morning and welcome to you. Good morning. Thank you, thank you. All right, you're awake. Pastor Cindy mentioned in her announcements about the Bible study this coming Wednesday. And so as I was preparing throughout the summer for the fall, I thought, you know, let's talk about some topics that we haven't normally talked about. So throughout uh, the Wednesdays in uh, September and October, at least, we're going to be talking about what the Bible says about different topics. And so this coming Wednesday will be the first one, and it just so happens to be we're going to talk about what the Bible says about food. So I think it's going to be an interesting one, so you can plan to join us. All right. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to Ephesians chapter 4? <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to start at verse 17. And if you are able to, would you please stand as we read God's word? Ephesians chapter 4, starting from verse 17. With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Let us pray. Father, indeed, we thank you for this day, for you have made. And Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to worship you, to gather together as believers and to hear your word. And indeed, Father, we pray that you would come and that you would speak. We pray that your spirit would move and that you would have your way. And indeed, Lord, help us to be obedient to respond to your leading. And so we commit this time into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Thank you, feel free to be seated. <clears throat> During this time in history, there were two categories of people mainly, Jews and Gentiles. If you weren't of Jewish descent, then you automatically fell into the category of being a Gentile. So there was the Jewish people and the Gentiles. But Jesus removed that wall of hostility and he helped create one new people. So whether or not you were Jew or you were Gentile, you were all equal and we are all equal in the body of Christ. Amen? But first... You needed to choose Jesus, and today, still, we need to choose Jesus. And in order for us to choose Jesus, we need to also choose to live differently. We need to choose to live differently than how we used to live, to choose to live differently than the rest of the world lives. We need to choose to live differently. So in this passage of scripture, even though the people were still of Gentile descent, they were still Gentiles in that category, Paul was urging the people to choose to live different 
than how they used to live. He was urging them to not live the same way that they used to live because they weren't the same people. In the same way, we are called to live a purposeful, holy life. God has called us to live a life of purpose, a life that is holy and pleasing to him. You see, no matter who we are, we all have a purpose. Some of you may wonder, do I have a purpose? Am I serving a purpose? You know, it's so easy to forget that you have a purpose when you wake up and you go to school or you go to work, you pay bills, you take care of your kids, you cook dinner, you do laundry, you do this routine over and over again and you wonder, is there anything else in this life? Is there anything more to how I'm living day by day? And the answer is yes. Because God has created each one of us for a special purpose. And all of those purposes may be different, but we all have the same purpose when it comes to living a holy life, sharing the love of Christ with others, being part of the family of God, witnessing and helping others to come to know Christ. You see, God has given us each a purpose. Are you living your life with purpose? Are you just living day by day, just trying to survive, just, you know, going with the flow? Or are you intentionally living knowing that you were created for a special reason? Knowing that you were created because your life, my friends, has a purpose. God created us to be in relationship with him. And last week we talked about when we are not serving a purpose, being cut off from God, when we are not fulfilling the purpose that he has created us to live. You see, we cannot expect to find meaning and purpose in life apart from God because he is the giver of life and it is only in him when we are abiding in him when we are in him that we truly realize what meaning and purpose for our life is and he has called us to do that you see there are so many people who don't have god and and therefore some of them end up feeling hopeless and helpless they end up feeling like there's no purpose to this life and so when things happen it causes them to give up and lose hope when they lose their job, when a family member passes away, when they end up having to claim bankruptcy, when they struggle with a sickness. You see, there are things that happen to us in life that can easily cause us to lose hope. But God says he is our hope. We have a hope and his name is Jesus. He gives us that hope and he calls us to live a life of purpose. He calls us to live a holy life. And what that means is to live a life that is different, that is set apart, that is called out, that is one that he desires us to live. To be holy is to be set apart. Now, I know that many of you are, are wonderful, mature Christians and that is great. But I also know that it wasn't always that way, right? That you had some experience in this life. You've done some things. 
And it may even be things that you may not want to talk about, things that you were not proud of, things that you don't want anyone else to know. But you see, when we come to Christ, he forgives us, he makes us new, and he helps us to live a different life. And so there is forgiveness in Christ. Not only is there forgiveness, though, he throws it away so far that he remembers it no more. But he also wants us to stop living the same way we used to live, right? So maybe you used to use a lot of swearing and profanity in your language. Maybe that was how you talked. But when you come to Christ, he expects it to be different. Maybe you used to watch certain things that you know were not pleasing to God and that you probably shouldn't have watched. But you see, when you come to Christ, he expects that to stop. Maybe you've been okay in the past with getting drunk using recreational drugs, doing all of those sorts of things. But when you come to Christ, it needs to change. Maybe you've been okay with lying and gossiping, stealing and cheating. But when you come to Christ, that needs to be different. You see, my friends, God calls us to live a different life. He calls us to live a changed life, a transformed life, a life that when people look at us, they can see a difference in who we are. They can see that we are different. We are called to live differently. God makes clear for us how we should live. The Bible commentary writes, People should always be able to see a difference between Christians and non-Christians because of the way Christians live. We are to live full of light. Paul told the Ephesians to leave behind the old life of sin since they were followers of Christ. Living the Christian life is a process. Although we have a new nature, we don't automatically think all good thoughts and express all right attitudes when we become new people in Christ. But if we keep listening to God, we will be changing all the time. God expects us to live differently when we know different. Amen? So before we come to Christ, the Bible describes us as walking in darkness. Now, how many of you have ever tried to walk somewhere, maybe even in your own house, in the dark? Now, how many of you, like you, if you, especially in your house, you know where things are, unless somebody moves them, right? But you know where things are. But even when you know where things are, have you ever bumped into anything? Anyone? Yes. Because even though you know where they are, when you're walking in darkness, when you are in the dark, it is hard to see where you're going. It's hard to see when there's something in front of you. In the same way, my friends, when we are walking in darkness, we don't know what direction we're going in. We don't know when things will come up. We don't know what's right in front of us. But when we come to the light, when we come to God and he illuminates our way, he helps to make our path clear. He helps to shed light on where we're going, on the direction we're going, on the trajectory of our life. He helps to lead us in paths of righteousness. Yeah. 
He helps to take us where he desires us to go. When we come to the light, we can be sure that God will drive out darkness and he will help to expose the things that should not be when we come to the light. That's why it's so important for us to open our heart and our mind to the Lord. Open your heart and your mind to the Lord. Paul describes those outside of Christ as this. In verse 18, their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. When we are walking in darkness, it's easy to wander away from God. It's easy to not be able to see where we're going and how we're going to get there. God gives us direction when we open up our heart and our mind to him. When we allow him to come in, when we allow him to take control, when we allow the leading of his Holy Spirit, he takes us to places we never knew we could get to. He shows us things we never thought possible. He does things in us that we cannot explain, for that is the power of God within us. We need to come to him and open ourselves, and what that starts with is coming before God humbly, repenting of our sins, asking him to come into our life, asking him to fill us with his Holy Spirit and to help us. And you see, God is not a faraway God who we have to search so hard to find. No, he says this. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. He is waiting, he is ready, and he is listening for you to call on the name of Jesus. Open up your heart and your mind to him. When we truly seek him, we will find him. But when we choose to walk in darkness, we also choose to continue living in our sinful practices. You see, if we choose to turn away from God or, or we choose not to turn on the light and not to go to him, then that means that we continue living the same way that we've always been living. It means that we continue doing the same things that we've always been doing. You know what hurts me so much? Is when I look at the world that God has created. A world that he loves so much that he sent his son to die for. And I see so many people who are still walking in darkness. So many people who are blinded by the truth. So many people who don't know because they are so confused. There are so many people in our world who don't understand that there is a God who loves them so much. There is a different way of life. There is a different path to take. You see, that is Satan's plan. That is the enemy's plan, is to blind people from the truth. He comes to distract and confuse and to help people to turn away from God by dangling in front of us the worldly pleasures 
by dangling in front of us earthly riches, fame and fortune, lust and sinful practices, things that make us in the flesh feel good, right? Because there are certain things that we do because they feel good. There are certain temptations that we give into because we're giving in to our fleshly nature, right? That's what the enemy does. He comes and he distracts us and he helps us to look at those things and get distracted. That's why we need to turn our eyes upon Jesus. To look full in his wonderful face. Because when we look at God, when we look at him and we look at him alone, then the other things of this world will grow strangely dim. Because we see that there is a difference. You see, the things of this world are temporary, but the things of God are eternal. And God desires us to live in such a way that, yes, we enjoy the world that he has created, that we enjoy the things that he died to give us, but that we do not lose sight of our home in heaven. That we do not lose sight of building up our treasures in heaven. You see, God wants us to be so in love with him that we desire him more than anything else in this world. That we look to him and we trust in him. But there are so many who still don't understand that. And my friends, we need to pray. We need to pray for not only our family members and our friends, but we need to pray for our world. We need to pray for those who don't know Jesus. We need to pray for those who are walking in darkness, who think they have it all figured out, but who don't know the truth yet. Pray, remember, pray for them, and ask the Lord to help open up their eyes. In verse 19, it says, they have no sense of shame. They live for lustly pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Do you know anyone who has no shame? So let me tell you about my mother, okay? She, I, she, it's not that she doesn't have any shame, but so she's one of those ladies, and like some of you might be, where if she's at an event, let's say a wedding, okay? Let's say a wedding. Thank you. And, and the dinner is a buffet dinner. Okay. So, you know, everybody gets their plate. They go up. They get their food. So, you know, sometimes they call for, you know, if anybody wants seconds, right? She's the kind of woman that will send my father up <laughs> and say, go, you know, you want some more chicken? Bring me, just bring me a piece if you're going. Right? And usually he says, you know, why don't you go get your own? She says, well, you're going, so just go. He says, well, I don't really want anything. She says, well, then just go bring me a piece of chicken. Right? So does anybody else do that? Because you don't want to go up. You know, it's okay to admit it. Right? So, so y y the idea is you don't want it to look bad. Right? You don't want to worry about what other people might say. My friends, in this passage of scripture, it's talking about people who have no sense of shame. 
who don't know what is right and wrong, who live in a way that pleases them, that gives them the gratification of the flesh, that they have no sense of shame. It doesn't matter who says what about what. They will live however they want to live. God calls us to live differently. They live for lustful pleasure. Lustful pleasure. You see, there are so many sins of the flesh. And that's why there are so many sexual sins. So many sins that people engage in. Again, because the devil has taken what God has created to be good. And he has turned it into evil. He has turned it into evil so people practice this lustful pleasure, these fleshly desires, these things that give in to temporarily please them physically and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. And there are a lot of impure ways. There are a lot of impure things. You see, there's nothing new under the sun. Right? This has been happening for generations and generations, this kind of behavior. And God deals with it in different ways. We see the effects of, you know, the flood. We see the effects of Sodom and Gomorrah. We see the effects of a judgment that he placed. And you see, my friends, there are so many people who think they're getting away with how they want to live. But that day is coming. And we need to understand that God is a patient God but he's not a pushover. And he will deal with sin eventually and in his own way and time. I know that none of us are without sin. We are all sinful people, but we should not allow that to give us a free pass to live however we want because we are called to live differently. What the people were doing were, was living in sin. They were living sinfully. And it is important that we call sin what it is. That we call sin what it is because sin is sin. Sin is sin and there is no other way to say it. Sin is sin. And in our world today, and I don't know if I should say this, but you know, we have to be careful, right? Because we need to be politically correct. We can't offend anyone and I'm not trying to offend anybody. But, you know, in, in trying to be politically correct, in trying not to offend anyone, in trying to accommodate everyone, who do we end up offending? Who do we end up hurting? It is important that we call sin what it is. God expects us. God expects us, and we expect us, to show love to all all people, regardless of who they are. But what God does not want us to do is to accept and support sinful behavior. We're not to do that. We're not to do that. There's so much confusion in this world, and as I said, Satan has blinded us from the truth, that people are confused about which God to serve. And by the way, there's only one. People are confused about what is right and what is wrong. 
People are confused with gun laws and, and why they shouldn't be able to carry a gun. People are confused about why they can't live a certain way or that they should be able to live a certain way. People are confused about who they are. And my friends, the devil has brought so much confusion into our world, people are confused about what they are. We need to pray. We need to pray because the time is now, and as the church, we need to stand up and pray. In order to see things clearly, we need to turn the light on and stop living in the dark. Stop living in the darkness. And the first step is to live a life surrendered to God, a life that is holy and pleasing to him. God says that he is holy, and we are to live holy lives. That is a very high standard. That is a very high standard. And the only way that we can continue to strive for that is with his help. May we continue day by day to call on the name of Jesus, to ask him to help lead us and guide us, to ask him to help us to live a life that is pleasing to him because we cannot do it on our own. We cannot do it on our own. How many of you have clothes that you wear specifically at home? Anybody? That you have clothes that you only wear at home? Okay, I do too, I do too. Um, how many of you have some clothes or maybe at least that one shirt that you refuse to get rid of? And anyone have, have that one shirt that you may refuse to get rid of? Okay. Now. I'm talking about the kind of shirt, let's say, or a piece of clothing that's old, that's torn, that's ripped, that may be stained or the letters are faded. You know, something that is very shameful, right? But, but it's so comfortable. You, you've had it for years. Maybe someone gave it to you. It was a special gift. Maybe, you know, it just feels good or, or maybe, you know, something, there was a special occasion that you got it for and you just have kept it because you, you like it so much. Anybody have a piece of clothing like that or know someone who has a piece of clothing like that? Okay. So for whatever reason, sometimes it's hard for people to part with those pieces of clothing. Right? And maybe even us, it may be hard for us to give up and to get rid of something like that, even though you have a lot of other pieces of clothing, right? Because I'm sure that you probably have more than one shirt or more than one pair of pants or wh whatever it is, right? So even though we have so many other ones, it's hard to give up that one specific piece or pieces. Now, you may even have your family members make comments about how shameful that piece of clothing looks. Any, anybody have any family members like that? All right. My father is, <laughs> is here today. <laughs> I didn't know he was going to be here. But anyways, he's one of those people who does not like getting rid of stuff. He's one of those people who still has clothing that fits him since I was a child. Like, he, he's one of those people, and he, he, there's no reason to get rid of it, right? I want to show you one of those pieces of clothing. 
Brother Dennis. So this is his t-shirt. All right, now it doesn't look too bad, right? It doesn't look, it looks old, but it doesn't look too bad until you turn it around. It's pretty worn out. Until you turn it around and you see like bleach stains. And I don't know if you can see that hole in the back. Can you see the hole? All right. Air conditioning, right, okay. So I went in his drawer or closet, whatever, and I found this. And I don't know if it's the worst piece, but it's one of the worst pieces. But I want you to think about your piece of clothing or one of your family members' piece of clothing, okay? I want you to think about this. Now, I'm just using this as an example. Don't go home and say, Pastor Lisa told us to throw out all our clothes and buy new ones. I'm not telling you that. It's an illustration, an example to help you connect. You got it? Okay, good. So I want you to think about your shameful piece of clothing, or you can think about my father's if you can't think of anything else, okay? I want you to think of this shirt as your life. Okay? I want you to think of it as your life, and I want it to represent for you, you going through a lot of stuff in life. You know, it starts out brand new, but then over time, with all the washes, with all the rips, with all the holes, with all the bleach, with all the stuff that happens, can bring it to this point of now being worn out, washed out, no good anymore. But oftentimes in our life, it's hard for us to change and get rid of a habit or habits or lifestyle that we've known for so long, that we've been comfortable with, that when we go home and nobody's around, we put on because we can just be ourselves, right? But God calls us to live differently. And living differently means to throw out your old self. Throw out your old self. My friends, what God is saying is throw away your former way of life. Throw out your old self. Throw it away. You don't need it anymore. Because when you become saved, God gives you a new wardrobe. He gives you a new self. So you no longer need this old self anymore. You no longer need it. Verse 22, throw out, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. You see, we find it hard to throw our old self out, just like you may find it hard to throw out an old shirt, right? Because when you've had it for so long, when you've gone through so much, when it's familiar and it's comfortable and it's who you are, it's hard to change that. It's hard to change that. Here's what the Bible commentator says. It says, our old way of life before we believed in Christ is completely in the past. We should put it behind us like old clothes to be thrown away. When we decide to accept Christ's gift of salvation, it is both a one-time decision as well as a daily conscious commitment we are not to be driven by desire and impulse. We must put on the new nature, head in the new direction, and have the new way of thinking that the Holy Spirit gives. We are to throw off our old self and put on that new self. 
In verse 23, it says, instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Are you still holding on to your old self? Are you still holding on to your old self, that old shirt? Are you still holding on to the behaviors, to the lifestyle that you used to live? Are you still watching things that you know you shouldn't be watching? Are you still talking about things or talking in ways you know that you shouldn't be talking? Are you still harboring bitterness and unforgiveness that you know you need to let go? Are you still looking at others and being jealous of what they have? Are you still not making enough time to spend God daily? You see, my friends, it is time that we throw out our old self and Put on that new nature that God has given us. Romans chapter 6 verse 6 says, We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Colossians chapter 3 verse 9 says, Don't lie to each other for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. You see, if you're still wearing old clothes, then it delays you from putting on the new clothes, right? You wouldn't put on this old t-shirt and then put on a brand new shirt over it, right? Or a brand new outfit. It doesn't make sense. In the same way, you wouldn't put on a, a brand new outfit and then put an old shirt over it. You would take off the old, throw it away. He's not getting it back. And you would put on the new, right? Right? <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Sorry. We needed an intervention here. Um, my friends, even when we have that new nature that God has given us, sometimes the old nature hangs around, right? Even when you get that new piece of clothing, sometimes that old piece, that ripped up piece, hangs around behind the door, in the drawer, in the closet, and it's hard to get rid of. And you see, sometimes we go back to that old nature. This is the truth. Sometimes even when we have that new nature that God has given us, we go back to that old nature. And God knows that it takes time. It takes time for you to adjust to something new. It takes time for you to change your life and your behavior. And so God is patient with us. But he calls us to come to that point eventually of finally getting to that point of saying, I don't need that anymore. I don't need that anymore. And my prayer for you is that if you have not yet thrown away your old self, that you would get to that point of saying, there is a life so much better than the one I used to have. And it is okay to let it go and it takes time, but we need to pray. God says that when we are in him, we are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. May we put on our new self.
For some of you today, you're still wearing that old shirt, that old nature. And today can be the day that you finally decide to take it off, to throw it away. For others of you, you've still been holding on to that old shirt, that old nature. Even though God has saved you, he has given you a new nature. You've still been holding on, and from time to time, you go back and you put it on. Today can be that day where you finally say, I'm letting it go. I'm throwing it away. And for others of you, maybe you threw away that old nature a long time ago, and now it's your turn to pray and help those and encourage others who need to finally throw away their old nature. Understand that the life that we have in Christ is so much better than any life in this world that we could have. The Lord says, see, I am doing a new thing. And we need to make sure we don't miss it by still wearing our old self, by still holding on to our old nature. We need to get rid of those old clothes, those old nature that we have. So do yourself a favor and throw out that old shirt. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you, God, that when we come to you, you make us new. We thank you, Lord, that you offer us forgiveness, that you give us acceptance despite where we've been and who we are. We thank you that we can come to you with all our sin and shame, and you clean us up and you make us new. And so, God, we thank you that there is now no condemnation because of what you have done, for what you have accomplished. And so we come humbly before you, and we pray that you would help us, that you would help us to throw off our old selves, that you would help us to put away our former nature, our former life, and help us to choose to live differently. God, help us to not go back to that old shirt. Help us to not continue wearing that old self, but to be transformed, oh God. Renew our minds and our thinking so that we can be focused on you and you alone. And we pray that you would help us in all that we do to live a life that is holy and pleasing to you. And so we commit ourselves once again to you, oh God. And we pray that you would help us that you would transform us, that you, Lord, would take control as we surrender ourselves to you once again. We bless your name and we thank you for the new life that you have given us and that we find in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. God bless you.